Happy New Year. Welcome to Babs Buzz. I can't believe it. 2014, Michael, can you believe it? How long we've been together? This has been a great journey. I'm still enjoying it. I'm raring to go for 2014. Hope all of you are too. We have sort of redefined our mission statement over at Silver Batella. Because at my core, I am a story analyst. That's my background, sort of. What we've decided to do was we have decided to take our show on the road in a slightly bigger way, which I'll explain in a moment. But since I am a story analyst, and that's why I have a show, selling screenplays and novels, as you guys know, can take years. But the show gives me a, a very specific validation because I'm trying to move people with my words. And that is the goal for every show and to me that that's priceless. So uh, you need to all know how grateful I am that you let me come into your lives. And my hope is that I can really help. And based on some of the fan mail I've read, that is just really, really great of you to even do that. Um, I, there, I don't take it with any kind of, hey, I'm great. I, do, I, I simply don't function that way. That's not how I behave. In my heart, I have a servant's heart and I, I do hope I can help. Sometimes I have to be very abrupt with people because they just go on and on. And other times I can take my time. So just give me a little latitude when it comes to the emails if they're not as long as you'd like. And if you're stressed out, shoot me an email and I'll try and talk you in off the ledge because that's part of what agents do. And we have that in common with priests, I've been told. So there it is. Um, from the grammar correction corner, got a pitch from a guy. Yeah, it's a guy. In the, in the subject line, it said... And I'm almost going to quote this, but I'm not going to be specific because I want it, I want you to follow me down the rabbit hole here. He said, gifted writer, etc. Now, when I get a pitch and in the subject line, it says gifted writer. Of course, as you can imagine, you guys know me, my eyebrow knits up. If you haven't heard the show before, I'm here to help you navigate your way through the business side of the writing that you do, help you get a little more grounded when it comes to what you actually create and then watch your dreams soar. But you got to have a reality base. It, like, like for example, in this particular industry, gravity rules. Okay, the 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 money is always where it's at. That's the business's gravity. So I get this email from this guy, who shall remain nameless, and he says he, in the subject line, "gifted writer, etc." He's seeking representation, and I read the pitch, and the pitch is very boring. But he did win an award, which was very cool. But inside the email, in the body of the email, it said, to whom it may concern. Now, apart from the fact that I understand why people do that, you know, you do email blasts and all that stuff. I get that. But to take a minute out, 30 seconds, to see who you're pitching is kind of a nice thing. I mean, I do it occasionally. I do these e-blasts. But most of the time, I will take the time to find a name. But what was so interesting about this was that to whom it may concern, a lot of people may not be aware of this, but to whom it may concern, each word begins with a capital letter. So to is capital T, whom is capital W, and so on. But his was to whom it may concern with a capital T, and that's it. So this gifted writer who's pitching me, I said, um, you know, kudos on your award. That's lovely. If I'm you, I would put in the subject line, instead of gifted writer, award-winning writer, Multi-genre seeks agent representation. Much more marketable, uh, much more marketable approach to someone who's trying to market you. And also, I would create correct the typo. Uh, respectfully, Babs. So I get this snarky email back, as you all know, I get sometimes, and it was it was interesting. It was amusing. I spell my my name Babs with a Z, and he corrected my spelling. So uh, clearly, not only is he bad at grammar, but he can't take a joke. Anyway, 
Uh, so here's the point of that story. The point of that story is if someone takes the time to politely correct you on your grammar so that you can look better to the next person you're going to meet, take advantage of it. Don't be snarky. Don't be small. Don't be silly. Ta- I can't spell. My spelling sucks. It's being corrected constantly. But I work on it. And when people correct me, I'm the first in line to say thank you. But I'm also a grammar cop. And when you're reading a script, of course, if there's a typo, it's kind of a drag because it's like hitting a bump, you know? So you want to stay in the flow. Uh, Michael has a bunch of links I try to send him, but as he told me before the show, as we were um, getting ready to tape, he said, uh, yeah, I'm not really tracking you here, Bab. So I'm going to iron that out for you because I've got some stuff I want you guys to read. I'm going to have two more links, Michael, that I will send you. Both of them are uh, really, if you just follow Jeannie Bowerman, she's my lemon drop. She's delicious. The gal... I met her at a bar in L.A. We got to talking. Debbie and I were at Pitch Fest. We got to talking. She ordered a lemon drop, or I did, and I called her lemon drop. And she's she chased her dream and, and, and wrote this wonderful script about a Pulitzer Prize-winning book. And now it's getting some eyes on it. But the fact is, she pays it forward. She does what I do, except she's got a much bigger audience than I do. She's got 20,000, 30,000 people who follow her on Twitter. I have you know a couple of hundred. And it's not the numbers that I'm talking about. The point about her is there's all of this paying it forward, paying it forward, paying it forward. People are paying attention to her. She's got a little gravitas now. So if you want to get motivated apart from Babs Buzz, which I highly recommend you do, by the way, follow Jeannie Bowerman because she's amazing. She's a nice gal. She's very approachable. She usually answers emails with far more brief sentences sentences than I, but that's because she's got a bigger audience. So um, do check with her from time to time if you need to she, she's amazing. She's, she's not only funny, she's very grounded. She's got kids. She's a very, very, I think she's got kids in college even. Um, I got to give a hat tip to Ed Beach. You guys know him. He's on the thread and he's just wonderful. And he's just a great guy, very patient and uh, occasionally pedantic. But Ed is very patient and very smart. He has wisdom far beyond mine. In fact, that's what I asked for for Christmas from God. I said, God, I want a couple of things. I want a healthy body. And I want wisdom because I'm running a business that is not making as much money as I'd like. And I don't really base my success on money. I don't, but I got to keep the doors open. So I said, Lord, come on, throw down some miracles. I need some miracles here. So Ed is a, Ed and I are of the same faith and we, we have a lot in common. And he sends me this pilot, Botticelli pilot, B-O-T-E-L-L-I. I think it's spelled, sorry Ed, if I make it wrong. Um, I really am sorry if I spelled that wrong. It's one of the best things I've read all season. I mean Ed Beach, you amazed me with this pilot. I couldn't stop laughing. I loved it. I could see it. I could hear it. It's very, if I were to pitch it to Paramount, who likes TV, or to Fox, who likes TV, I would say to them, it's basically Doogie Hauser meets basketball, or Doogie Hauser's, Doogie Hauser meets Hoosiers. And it's terrific and it's plausible. I mean, it could happen. You know, you have these tech kids that are whizzes. And uh, frankly, uh, this could really, this, this could go as a pilot. I'm beyond proud of you, Ed. It's very well crafted. I gave him two notes, both of which he applied, but it wouldn't have been missed. It was just my own personal, hey, you know, buff this right here. And he did it. And it, it I can't say it made it better, but it made me happy. So uh, major kudos to Ed Beach for a very, very good job. Well done. Couldn't stop reading it. I think I read it in one sitting, which is not saying much because it's pilot and short, but it was so well crafted that I, I simply couldn't believe how well-crafted it was. Now, to that end, uh, Ed Beach also turned me on to Vince Vaughn, who passed away, sadly, very suddenly, 
one of the best writers ever of spy stuff. If you're looking for stuff to read, let's say you want to write action. Okay. Reading action scripts is okay, but it's not great. If you want to write action scripts, read novels because it'll give you a very wide berth grammatically and, and the vernacular that's used will allow you on the page to be much crisp, much more crisp and tighter when you write, write your action sequences. Trust me on this. It will most certainly expand your vocabulary. It, I have a script from a writer. His name is uh, Lloyd. He's terrific. And uh, he, we just sold a script, which I'll talk about in a minute. But um, I didn't do anything for the sale. I just wrote the deal. He brought me the deal. But the fact is he was smart. He brought me the deal and we protected some rights that often uh, you guys don't think about, which are the live streaming rights. You have to think about mobile content. You have to, have to, have to. Okay. So anyway, so he sends me the script and I had mentioned to him just off the cuff. I said, you know, when they talk about terrorists, they, they call them tangos in the field. Well, most of the people who kill them call them tango, tango down, tango. I see two tangos they're talking about. So it, to make your script more authentic, read that kind of genre, read military genre for action. Same thing. So sadly, Vince Warren passed away and Ed said, I was talking about how I miss Jack Reacher. I was pining because I love Jack Reacher so much. I mean, he's, I, I would marry him tomorrow if he were real. And I told my husband this. I mean, he's my laminate. You know, you've got your five names from friends and laminate. Jack Reacher is my laminate. So I'm reading Jack Reacher and I'm reading the last one. And I didn't like the last book at all, really. I read it because I had to because it's Jack Reacher. But it was never go back. I would never recommend it. So sorry, Lee. Love you, mean it. Love you madly. You're the best, the best, the best. But not everybody's perfect. And to me, that was your one not great book. Um, the fight scenes, as always, are exceptional. So when you're writing and crafting action, you'll notice in these novels some very succinct ways that writers will describe exactly what's going on and you could see it. It's very visual, even though it's got the express uh, credit card word-wise to use any words you want because you're writing a novel and it's really subject to your editor, and yet it's still very tight. I have a, a, a screenwriter client who writes a lot of military, and I tell him, stay away from that. It's not your skill set. But I was in the military. It's still not your skill set. He's, believe it or not, much better at writing young voices. He wrote Laser Bladers. He wrote Brother Mozart, which is still one of the best scripts I've ever read. Uh, it's terrific. You'd never know the guy was over 65 years old. He's just amazing at writing young voices. So he turns me on to, Ed turns me on to, you thought I lost my train of thought, didn't you? No, 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 no. Um, I rehearse, kids. I read my notes. So Ed Beach turns me on to Mitch Rapp, this wonderful, sexy CIA guy. He's an assassin, and I love reading him. I'm thinking to myself, why on earth isn't this a series? Why isn't this a movie? You know, I've seen so many things that's not so good, and stuff like this is on the page. And I almost don't care because I still, in my mind, you know, you read novels, say yes. So as you read this stuff, you've kind of seen the movie anyway. You've seen the movie in your head. So thanks, Ed, for not only writing a, an exemplary pilot. I mean, just an award-winning, as far as I'm concerned. I'd write a check to fund it tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's got family values. It's got really good tradition in it. It's, and it's not corny at all. It, it's, it's hip. Um, these kids are not cyberpunks. They could be, but they're not. It's very cool. So uh, since our last show... I've had two sales and a bounce check. Now, the two sales, to be honest, I really didn't do anything. I, I wrote the deal because the clients came to me and said, can you write this deal for me? But that should not detract from what I do because an agent really does bring a, a, a real gravitas to the situation. I'm not fabulous 
I'm not like the big agents at CAA, but I know what I'm doing and I can read. And it's important that you guys, even if you don't use an agent, that you protect your rights for live streaming content and that you protect story by credits because that could come back to haunt you. If you write a franchisable character like we did with Brett, his character was so cool that I told Brett Martin, look, if you're smart, you'll keep the story by credit. You'll keep, you'll own the character. Don't part with the character. Just part with the rights on this particular one. And then you get in the deal we write, you have the first right to refuse. You always get a story by credit. You always get, you always get, uh, based on material by much like Roddenberry, for example, would get for the newer Star Trek stuff. Okay. So rights are important. Uh, you don't have to be a lunatic about it. You just need to make sure it's penciled in there. And everybody wants the same thing, success for whatever project they're working on, coupled with success for the, um, the actual franchise if, if it goes that way. So you get two sales. I'm very excited. And I get one bounce check. Now, let me tell you about the bounce check. Me no like. The noise that I have to endure because of a bounce check, if it were WGA, it probably wouldn't have happened. But it was an indie feature. It's a small budget, very small purchase price. But my client's very delighted, very proud, and he has every right to be. And this producer, who shall remain nameless, is a very nice man. But this should not have happened. Not for this amount of money. I'm sorry. No way. No how. Unless it was an innocent mistake. It's very possible it was. I give everybody two chances. But if this happens to you where someone bounces a check to you, I'm here to tell you, get ready for noise. Because you're going to chase your money down. So use your head. If you can, get a cashier's check. And don't, I, I repeat, if you can write it in the deal yourself, put it there. I would. I, I'm doing it now for 2014. All our contracts, boilerplates have changed. No more dollar option unless my client holds a gun to my head. And even then, I'm going to fuss like you can't believe. No more dollar options. That's gone. We, the, the dollar option, as I said on the last show, I think came here to die. I am done. My time is at least $100 an hour, and I'm not taking less. So either the client's going to have to write me a check for my clerical ability to type up the contract, or I'm done. I'm not going to do it. That said, you have to use your head. Make sure that they don't start shooting until you cash your check. From now on, in all of our contracts, I am writing cleared funds. That's it. I'm done. We are not releasing any rights to anybody to direct to nothing. It's not going, not on my watch. It's not going to happen in the third paragraph. I think of page two, it's a really simple paragraph. It's not complicated. It will say upon the release and clearance of either a cashier's check or cleared funds, you may begin principal photography. That day will be on or about 10 days post cashing of check done. That's it. I say that because I don't want any of you to have to go through what we went through. There's no reason for it. Not for this small amount. Now, to be honest, you know, when you're in ankle deep, you're going to find, you know, a couple of fleas biting. It just happens. These people are not like that. These are very professional people. They're very well respected. So it kind of pissed me off. And it really upset my client because my client brought me this deal. And the, uh, to be honest, the, it should have been the other way around. What I should have done was, and this is what I'm, this is why I'm telling the story so you can learn by my mistake. I should not have allowed my client to enter into contract without me handling the funds. He had a grip on it. He liked the guy and that's fine. Don't do that. Don't do what I did. Learn from my mistake. Okay. So let's see the bounce check. Lost a client the easy way. All right. So I get this 
listened to our last show, I asked a client to let us out of his contract with us, which he was happy to do. But I told him, if I were you, I'd cut us loose. Here's why. You're going left. We're going right. It's not complicated. Don't be afraid to cut an agent loose ever. Agents are not important. Legal is important. Agents really, they, they have, they, in the bigger circles in the UK, some, some of the bigger agents in Spain and France, the bigger agents in New York and Hollywood, some in Los Angeles, uh, some in Florida, they really do have a lot of sway. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they've earned their reputations and they earn their money. But as a writer, you don't need them. What you need is a ton, a ton of luck. And we all know what lady luck is a slut. So it just depends on where you are and when you trap lightning, if at all. So I lost a client the easy way. I asked him to go away. He did. He was nice about it. But I will say this. If someone sends you a certified letter, sign for it. Because what that is doing, it is dovetailing legally, at least from my perspective, that the deal is now closed. So this person didn't sign for this certified letter. And I know this show is not a lot of bells and whistles and fireworks, but I'll get to that in in a little bit. Bear with me because you need to know some of the more mundane things I do just so you expect them and you're not um, broadsided by them. So he did not sign for the certified letter. And I sent him an email saying, why didn't you, why didn't you sign for it? He said, oh, I never got it. Well, that's baloney. And if he's telling the truth, well, that's fine. But still, I sent him an email saying, all right, fine. I'm saving this email saying that you didn't get it because I sent it return receipt requested. And when you didn't pick it up, that still implied my attempt to deliver it. And we are done with each other. I don't expect any blowback. All I'm telling you is that if you think that once a deal is done, it's done. There's a lot of the bones jangle. I'll I'll be perfectly honest with you. They really, really do. I had the privilege of pitching a director, which is a very different deal for me. I'm not very good at it, but I got good at it fast. I wasn't good at it. Now I'm good at it. I was able to talk their language a little bit because I read a book about the cost of making a movie. And the book is out there, and I can't remember the title, Michael, but maybe some of your audience can um, make some recommendations to other writers about good books that cover what the cost of an actual movie is. Uh, in terms of, you know, what the film, what the digital stuff costs, what the camera costs, what the lights cost, all that stuff. Perhaps you can help each other and it'll help me too. But I learned to pitch a director. I learned to talk exterior shoots, interior shoots, permits for lighting. That Jason helps with that, of course, because he's just a gem. And a, a wide variety of other things that actually did this. The director said, wow, thanks. This is helpful. Now that I know this, instead of reading this that you've pitched me, I'll take these other things that you pitched me. So I say the director happily a ton of time. And as you all know, time is our most precious commodity. Uh, marketing for 2014, we're redirecting our efforts to a full court press using studio system. Very expensive. Going to take a whack at it. Hopefully, as we uh, learn about that particular database, I'll tell you straight up right now, it looks really good. And speaking of promotion, I want to tell you about PJ, my client. This chick does not need an agent, but I'm glad I'm her agent. And I'm hoping I can get something done for her this year. She, I asked her, I said, what can you tell writers about how you market every week? What do you do consistently? And she sends me an email. She says, weekly, how about daily? Laugh out loud. On social media, post my one sheets and publicize my personal website. This is crucial. In this day and age, you must have social media presence, Facebook, Twitter. Network with other writers in writing groups and screenwriting forums. I'm quoting her, by the way. This is the email. I'm reading it right from the page. 
and show interest in other people's work. That is huge. That is huge. That is what? Repeat after me. It is huge. H-U-G-E. Okay, back to her email. As Blake Snyder once told me, it's not about what they can do for you. It's about what you can do for them. Huge. Who told you how to read How to Win Friends and Influence People? Thank you very much. Back to the email. On sites like Stage 32 and Done Deal Pro, interact and post. Don't be shy about tooting your horn. Reach out to possible leads and contacts, producers and the like. Introduce yourself in a pleasant manner and let them control the conversation. Huge. By the way, that's huge. You never know where it might go. I struck up a social media friendship with a producer who's not looking for anything right now, but I'm on his radar and it might lead to something. And there's something else she did that is wicked cool. She entered this sort of weird kind of throwdown contest and she ended up getting an amazing consult for nothing from a really hip chick who could really help her and by virtue of that help me so i was really glad so when, when the point is when my writers market themselves a high tide raises all boats it helps the agency while i'm out there working 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 for you guys for nothing working really hard by the way putting in the hours reading the stuff now this year i will admit I did not do as much marketing as I usually do because I was too busy doing deals and talking um, a variety of people into making purchases. So I didn't do as much cold uh, calling as I usually do. That's going to change next year because we now have a, a different angle that we're doing. And we're also using Ashley. Of course, Ashley Myers is the bomb. He helps us a lot. Uh, so we'll see how studio system, which is very expensive, by the way, it's not for the lighthearted. Uh, I don't recommend it. If you need something on it, ask me and I'll, I'll try and get you some information. If you need some help, I will connect you with someone. If there's someone specific you'd like to pitch, I can do that for you. And I can hip pocket anybody. You guys know that, but the script can't suck. Don't put a sucky script in my hands and say, hey, you know what? I, this guy said I could pitch it if my agent sent it. So can you hip pocket this for me? I had that happen just recently. Really nice guy. Title of the script. Great title. Lousy script. So I said, dude, come on. You could rewrite this first page. I could do it in five minutes. Do it. So he did it much better, much leaner. They still passed, but I will not put my big white fanny in the air for a bad script. Not going to do it. And and by the way, bad is my opinion. You could go to somebody else and they'll go, this is the best thing I've ever, ever read. Darling, it's brilliant, utterly brilliant. Darling, I can't tell you how fabulous this is. It's wonderful. Whatever. Okay. I read a pitch from a guy named Daniel Duval. I don't think he's related to, uh, you know who, but anyway, the pitch was called, uh, was about a script called the Marsh Wolf, which is a family feature. Terrific. Daniel did such a good job writing this. The voices were every person's voice sounded different. It was lean. It could have been a little tighter. I found a missed opportunity in the second act. He added it. He said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed that. What a great idea. He added it. And happily, I was right. It created a more seamless and believable uh, arc. The rising action also upticked slightly faster, which was very cool. Like I said, at my core, I'm a story analyst. If I if I retire as an agent, I will probably still consult. Um, and uh, that I'll do for hire. And I'm not cheap. So save your pennies, kids, just in case of a rainy day. Anyway, uh, anyway so Daniel writes the script. Marsh Wolf loved it. I just loved it. It was, it was one of the best things I read all year. Uh, and then I read another script. The page one was so good. I said to the writer, oh, I can't wait to dig into this, but I'm sorry I'm delayed because of the holidays. Please forgive me. I will get to it. He said, I can't believe you took the time to, to tell me that. Thank you. You're very sweet. Uh, read it. And I was bored stiff. First act, 
just died. I mean, it like a bad firework. It went up and it went down. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me why that happens. I just could not figure it out. I mean, it seemed to me that as you're reading something like that, you'd think, I mean, if someone can get it that way on the first page, why can't they, right? I mean, doesn't that make sense? Logic would dictate that the, the second and third and fourth pages will follow. Which speaks to not understanding what screenplays are in, in total. Talking heads are really antithetical to what screenplays are. Hitchcock said you only put dialogue in when you have to. Okay, there's a book out there called, called uh, Visual Screenwriting. It's, you'll get stuck in the tall weeds when you read it, but you'll like it nonetheless. So skim through it and see if you can get anything out of it. I signed uh, Brian Jagger for a terrific script called The Lottery Ticket. Excellent. Really well-crafted. A couple of things going on that he needed to tweak. And don't miss the little things. For example, there was a scene Brian put in there where the father was playing a board game with the girls. And I was, as I was talking to him face-to-face about the scene, he had a piece of glitter on his face. And he said, oh, yeah, glitter's everywhere, you know, my kids. And I said, well, why didn't you put that in the script? And he said, oh, my gosh. You see, it's, it's, you can really get a reader. Your job is to tell a story quickly, visually, and make people care. Stuff like that hooks people. It would have hooked me. So I, I asked him to put the glitter in, and I, I'm pretty sure he sent me a version wherein that he did. And I liked it very much. That was, a, uh, that was an interesting kind of little uh, scene to add. And then, uh, as luck would have it, pure irony, call it what you want. But I'm driving down the road and I hear this woman wins the lottery. Of course, remember a couple of weeks ago, that big lottery win, right? Well, what I didn't know was evidently as soon as someone wins and their name is made public, the post office gets letters from around the world telling the person who won, oh, I need this. I have this bill. I have this kidney. I have this. And now think about this. You just won the lottery. You're on top of the world and you're getting bags of mail from people you've never met who have the giny. I don't say testicles anymore. I say giny because giny's take a pounding. Ha, ha, ha. Um, imagine getting all those letters and you're sitting in your living room and the post office says, we're going to back the truck up, sir, because it's just too much. And you get all these letters. And I said to Brian, I said, Brian, you got to add that theme. Because at the dark night of the soul, because something happens with the lottery. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm going to sell this feature very quickly. I hope, I hope, I hope, God, could you hear me? Please, let's sell this one. Um, I told him, I said, I could just see him getting this incredibly bad news that he gets after he's won the lottery. And then he looks at his kids and then all of a sudden the postman shows up with his truck and says, bring it in, Jerry. And they beep, beep, beep. And the truck's backing up. And these bags of mail get dumped on his lap and he looks at his kids and his kids look at him and one of the daughters says well what do you want to do dad and you tell the story in the cut of course the next scene you see them knee high sitting on the floor eating popcorn and reading these letters now think about the visual impact of that it it just to me it i said to brian you got to add it he said well i'm not going to do it today and i said well fine but you're going to add it so brian i'm putting you on notice you are adding it just not today, but that's okay. It's going in. Uh, it's, it's really funny. The serendipity of what we do, isn't it? As, as 
me as the agent, you guys as the writer, and then me analyzing and me doing the coverage notes and all that. It's, I find it fascinating that, I mean, I would have never paid attention to a lottery ticket story ever. I could care less. Too many people look at me as their lottery ticket. It's offensive to me. I, I can't help you with that. If that, I even put on the website that does Hollywood movies and shakers or whatever the hell it's called. They, they said, uh, silver Patel agency, tell us about you. And I said, if I'm, if you're looking for me to be your lottery ticket, I'm not your girl. Cause it got so obnoxious that people would send these pitches to me and they would actually tell me in writing this film, if it's shot, this could get you a six figure paycheck. Who are you? And where are you coming? What planet did you hail from? I mean, seriously, you, I'll tell you what you do. You listening? Say yeah. You want to get into this business, do what the guys on forum writers do and Simply Scripts do. What you do, and, and pay attention to the people on forum because they can show you the way. Write a short. Look at what Dina did. She's, short's great. It's great. She did a great job. It's fantastic. She Now she has a credit, okay? So I tell all the writers who are, you're asking me to ask for $50 million from a company that doesn't know you. Ain't going to happen. If you can't get a mortgage <laughs> for a quarter of a million bucks to buy a house, what makes you think a studio is going to give you 50 million bucks to shoot your idea of a, of a hit? It may happen, but I can tell you pretty much it ain't going to happen. So if you're thinking that's your way into money, buy the ticket, as I've said before. But that said, and this is important, write something that's a small budget gem. What does that mean? Pretend you're paying for it. Pretend you have to go into your savings account, crack open that piggy bag, psh, pink flesh, clay flesh everywhere, boom pennies fly, quarters roll. Okay. It's all over the floor. You're sitting on the floor going, okay, I got to shoot a movie and I've got dad, I've got $87 and 60 cents. What can I shoot? And your father says, don't you have a video camera? He says, yeah, go ahead and shoot something. Pretend you have to pay for it. Okay. So write something that's taking place maybe in a skateboard park. I love watching those guys. Oh my gosh. They are amazing. I get the chills just thinking about it. Also those those guys, those cyberpunks, they're kind of 20 years old. They're very tech hip, but they, they do bicycle uh, competitions on the almost like skateboard kind of parks. Oh, my gosh. That is so wicked cool. Write about that. It's cheap. Okay. Think cheap. Think great story. Cheap. To, don't send me Iron Man. Don't do it. I mean, I love reading it, and if it's great, you know I'll sign you and I'll try and hawk it, but it's going to be a challenge. I can tell you that straight up. Use your head. This has been a tough year for everybody. Um, a lot of people have had it uh, worse than many. Um, Michael and I are, are, are hanging tough, and uh, we hope you hang tough with us. I'm very pleased to be able to do this show for you. It, it does a lot for me, more than I could really express but the fact that you guys are all out there writing, I mean, as you know, I'm, I'm huge fans. You're the bravest of the brave. So remember, new theme song aside every single episode. That's what I'm told anyway. This is going to be good. This is Babs for Babs Buzz 2014. Telling you, you must keep writing, of course, because that's who you are. You're a writer. And you've got to rewrite. So keep that in mind, please. And don't forget to live your life. Peace.